This is Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We are not at our Born on the Beach studios in Redondo Beach. We're at the uh, the Ledge Lodge today. Is that a, a fair name for it, Chase? Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna trademark that one. <laughs> no, it's a nice spot. I got a little lucky here, uh, living on Victoria Beach. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, Try, we do love your place, and we miss it. I I feel like I haven't seen you in like months. You miss me? I miss you dearly. You've been in Hawaii. <laughs> now you're down in Palm Springs playing golf. I'm about to go to the East Coast where it's way too cold. Yeah, man, we got to spread out. We got to get this podcast everywhere, you know? That's spread true. Our, our That's vibe. true. We're, we're taking all angles here. Um, so we're recording this two days before Christmas. Any big holiday plans for you, Chase? Probably just with family, mom, and grandma. So I'll be, I'll be around maybe uh, New Year's and Big Bear. Get out to the snow. I like that for, for the New Year. Be good. Are you a snowboarder or skier? skier my mom was actually a downhill skier so i learned from her and kind of never never had a reason to change yeah when you say downhill skiing like was she like pretty competitive with it yeah she competed at ucla ucla had a ski team that would go up to uh go up to the mountains and yeah she was big into it and she went to switzerland and do it for for a year or so that is awesome yeah so you come from a family of athletes dad was volleyball mom was skiing horseback riding so uh yeah i've been around i've been around sports horseback riding did she get you into that too uh i I didn't really like the pants. They were a little tight. Um, <laughs> so I stayed away from that as much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Try, what do you do? Are you any, any winter sports or are you just purely surfing and, and beach volleyball? Uh, I could do it all. I, I got up. Uh, I could do it all. I probably uh, <laughs> snowboarded uh, five to ten times in my, in my days. I can, I can get it done up there on the mountain. Yeah. This this past weekend was my first ever trip to uh, to Big Bear. It broke my four year streak of not seeing snow, and uh, I went skiing for the first time in like ten years. Ended up not falling. Uh, I, I, yeah, well, skiing quotation mark. It was like my sixth time ever skiing. Okay. Yeah, double blacks yet? <laughs> no, no, not yet. They didn't even have them open. Uh, Big Bear hasn't gotten like any snow yet. Yeah. We should do a we should do a mountain podcast recording. We'll all go up on the mountain and get a bunch of volleyball players to act like idiots up on. on it's the not mountain. too hard to get a bunch of volleyball players to act like idiots. Yeah, so. just, right, right. we'll go. <laughs> we got half of them. We just got to get them to the mountains now. Yeah, and then we'll and then we'll come back and talk about it on a podcast over some <laughs> hot cocoa. Um. So yeah, I mean, we still have like what five about five months away to the first real tournament. Unless is the Norseka schedule out? I know that that's something that. You and Avery are probably interested in playing. I'm assuming. Yeah, we had we had a, some bad luck last year, and the North Seacoast played some good teams and didn't. You know, obviously that's my goal is to get some FIVB points international. That's what I. That's my future. That's what I want to do. Um, but uh, it's been tough to kind of get get into it because you got to either win or get second one of those North Seacoast. Miles Evans and Bill Klinsky done a really good job of upsetting some teams in those North Seacoast and then going out and competing and doing really well in the FIVBs. Uh, that's the ultimate goal here for Abe's and I, obviously, or you know. Um, but uh, I think we're actually going to go. Speaking of, I think we're we're trying to. We're applying. It's pending. We're trying to go to Shepherdson for the for the one star. So that'll be my first international opportunity. Nice. Straight out of pocket. <laughs> and Shepherdson is Australia. Australia. Yes. Okay. Nice. Got my job. And that's uh, <laughs> you said. That's the ultimate goal, Chase. Is yes. At World Tour. Absolutely. Priority. Yeah. 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 So. And, you know, it's obviously it takes a little bit. I Initially, my goal was to be, you know, have some international points by this point. Um, and you got to kind of reassess, understand there's a lot of people in front and just kind of work hard, but wait your turn. It's one of those situations. Yeah, there's, it's definitely a tough system to crack into. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a big misconception around non-volleyball players like the fans who like watch it who like they look at a one-star event as well you probably have what an $800 round trip ticket and staying there so you probably even if you win like there's a good chance you end up in the red 1200 right? in Melbourne right now so yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. so yeah so like what is take us through the process of the ladder that you want to climb like if this goes if everything goes smoothly for you internationally like what are the steps that you have to take to be playing in the three and four and five stars 
Well, I, th I mean, it starts the North State because obviously that's the best way to get into it. Otherwise, you're going to be coming straight out of pocket. Um, I'm willing to do that. Uh, I'm not money bags over here. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, to a limit, you know, obviously I feel like we're, we're in a spot where we're setting ourselves up well. We're in the top 10 teams in the U.S. Uh, um, it's just about breaking through, getting a few sponsors, kind of getting a break here and there and just working hard. So it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not getting ahead of myself. At times I do, right? At times I get a little bit. I think we all do. We all do. We all do. You get frustrated. You see those guys. It's like, when I, when I go back, I'll wrap back around. Miles and Billy, congrats. They're, they're playing fantastic. Absolutely. It's a guy that we know that we can, guys we know we can compete with, you know. Um, so it gets frustrating to see guys like that, but it's also, it's it's a mixed bag. You know what I mean? You, you feel good for them, but you're also wanting to be in that spot. But just reassess, kind of come back down to earth and work hard every day. And I think at one point we'll be getting there. Right. And you and Avery are still a relatively new partnership in the grand scheme of things. So have you guys talked about your overall goals yet? Because I know a lot of times with like beach, beach volleyball partnerships, everyone's like half in and half looking to upgrade at the same time. No, I hear you. I hear you. That's kind of the nature of the beast, definitely. Um, at this moment, we're just kind of working on the offseason, uh, training twice a week with each other, and then the other time just kind of focusing on individual goals, individual skills, and kind of trying to tighten that up before we get into season. I don't really want to work on partner dynamic or be thinking about that too much in the forefront of my mind right now. I kind of want to just focus on the things I know I have to improve. You know, as a little guy playing back there, you got to be pretty uh, pretty sharp. So that's just what I'm, what I'm worrying about right now. And what are the, the skills that you're working on right now that you want to improve? Uh, I guess the top... We'll go with the top two that you're really focusing top on. Top two, I feel like I'd say setting. As funny as it is, if you put me in a weird situation, I'll probably put a ball on a pedestal for you. But on those simple plays, it's about calming the mind and kind of just putting the ball in a perfect spot on those easy balls. Um, so that's been a little bit of uh, just working on clean hands, footwork, using the wind, not fighting it, you know? And it's, like hitting, it's like hitting your free throws. Like yes. you, Some guys are just draining their jump shots all day or like, hitting shots with contact and then you Absolutely. put them on the free throw line and they start breaking it. Absolutely. Simple, <laughs> simple play, simple, right? Yeah. And then I'd say number two would probably be hitting at the top of my jump quick and crisp as opposed to kind of hanging and trying to do these weird slimy things. Utilizing my athleticism and maybe you know, on that right side because now I just transferred over to the right side working on hitting line, working on hitting some different shots and opening up my game. Approach, being patient staying behind the ball and then trusting my speed to catch up to it, keep everything in front and, uh, and also vision. Definitely. How hard is that transition from left to right? I feel like that's a very underrated transition to make in terms of difficulty. I don't think people realize just like how just the slight changes in footwork and, and just approach and your vision and everything, how difficult was it? Or was it difficult at all to really switch from the left to right? Or, or was it harder to switch to the left? To it was play harder to switch to the left to be honest with you. Well, Avery's doing it, right? Yeah, Avery plays both, right? You know, he's he's been he's grown up playing both. I, think. I don't know what Avery plays. I don't know if he's a defender, if he's a blocker, if he's, he's a left a side, if he's a right side. <laughs> he Absolutely. does everything. Absolutely. Well, for me, it was I actually was originally a right side player. I have a natural uh, kind of cuff on the ball. I go cross court a little bit easier on that right side. Um, so left side, I actually Mike was the one that was a little bit more. He had you know he made an AVP. He was more in the I, I grew up on the school big court he's more on that short court and he kind of was like hey chase i'd love to play with you and i was like anything yeah absolutely i'll go that left side i'll do whatever i'll work on playing you know work on that wrist away cutty that is pretty ugly for me to be honest <laughs> but uh so that was that was more difficult i'd say that transition coming back feels like uh, as casey patterson would say what home cooking yep so it's like coming <laughs> back to a home cooked meal there you when go. switch sides <laughs> have you ever had to switch sides try or have you always been sitting out uh, on the left um, no, I, I'm, I've mostly been on the left. I've kind of, I've been like wanted to do it, but I've never really had the opportunity. Um, but at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable on the left. I, my, my actual game is pretty wrist away. Like even when I'm hitting cross court, my spin on the ball that I get is wrist away. It's kind of funny. Uh, unless I'm doing like a full on like chop shot cross body. Mm -hmm. then, then I'm going wrist away with everything. Mine's the exact opposite. Just because like I have my swing is sort of a throwing motion and my thumb always comes up. So my, my swings, almost 99% of them end up in the seam 
or just yeah, I'm I'm thumb down with everything. Even when it, like my float surf, I can't get it to go to float. My thing just corkscrews, <laughs> no matter what. Sometimes the corkscrew works pretty well though. Yeah, if I don't know where it's going or what it's doing, then neither does the the passer. This is true. <laughs> so Chase, this is this is like your first off season where like you are. You're going into the season knowing that your main draw, like your automatic, no problem. How does your approach this offseason differ from the last couple where you were sort of still trying to fight to break through that tier where it was automatic and relatively stress-free? I think it, it's in one way it's been it's – been, I mean obviously it's been better in terms of I know where I stand and I know what I can improve. And I know it's kind of smaller things now of kind of tweaking – uh, so still, as we said, working hard, working your ass off, but not pressing. It's like I'm like I'm coming to this new a little bit more of maturity of realizing that just because I want something so bad and I work so hard for it and ah get like so you know <laughs> that's not the that the good the energy that's going to help me. Um, so it's just been about like kind of putting it in the soft awareness and like kind of put, taking notes, writing down what I need to work on, then coming into training and not focusing on this little skill to a point where you're not allowing your game to kind of grow as a, as a whole. So I think that's been a big point of maturity for me. Obviously still like I'm, I have goals bigger than just being in the main draw. Like I'm not happy with just sitting at nine or 10 and being like, all right, when the guys leave, let's go get a good finish, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that keeps, that keeps the fire burning, but it's definitely a little bit more of a confidence and take every practice as it is. And not, right now I'm, I'm actually, I've gotten injured a couple of times this off season, just kind of minor things. Like I tweaked my knee, I sprained my sprained my toe, and last year I would have just gotten right back on the sand and pushed through it. But I'm like, okay, it's December, right. chill. Maybe your body's telling you something. Let's let's hold in a little bit of energy until when it actually matters, you know. So, when is when's the Shepperton tournament again? Uh, Shepperton is the first week, first weekend of February, February first to fourth, I believe. Okay, so when are you, I guess when are you and Avery going to start going like full bore? training to get ready for that well once we're fully healthy both of us he had a shoulder issue as well uh but <laughs> don't we, probably, we all <laughs> yeah exactly we're all beat up we're all banged up we're acting like we're uh 38 and 40 here but uh, no, just, uh i would say probably right after the new year we'll start getting going a little bit harder on it it's uh it's too cold <laughs> to play in the mornings <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah feet getting numb huh yeah now with, with the with the transition to avery he's a more of a veteran partner has he been sort of like doubling as like a coach for you at all? Like has he taught you things in just terms of how to carry yourself or how to approach a match or anything? Or has it just been sort of, yeah, let's just both. fall out? I think we both kind of give each other what we need. And he's, he, brought, he brought a good fire that, uh, that's, that sparked me in some tournaments and some games. Because I kind of am a like, – I, I, I play low-key and I, not like Johnny Mayer, somewhere in between there. You know what right. I mean? Um, but his fire has inspired me in some ways. And there's been times when I think I've actually been a good – you know – soothing presence for him because he's a fiery dude he wants to win really bad right he's captain uh, america he so has we, to win pro- i think we provide a good balance <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you also got your uh your boys that come out to the, all the yeah local i don't have to right? talk when all those guys are talking right try yeah good call i've heard them <laughs> we all have <laughs> I, I was gonna ask you about those guys take us through just the establishment of the ledge legion who now have their own instagram page which we'll link to in the show notes which is fantastic is this like rosie's raiders <laughs> The second coming, yeah, the wannabes. No, no, we're our different group. We're a different group, and <laughs> just people hate them. I'm sure. No, it's, it, I think it's good for the sport. It's fun, and they're uh, they'll be they'll be ripping into you during the game. Uh, but just know that they are salt of the earth people. They're good people. I don't tell you that much. And yeah, I uh, my first experience actually just playing you guys. I didn't had no idea who you guys were. Fair Luckily, enough. someone told me before. <laughs> hey, these guys are actually pretty good. You might wanna like try hard i'm like okay i'll take that and then and then his uh his boys are up in the stands lighting me up <laughs> so we we had to uh kick it into another gear for that one but uh no they're super good guys afterwards and that's that's honestly the the kind of fire we want to see from uh all the fans we don't want people cheering for both sides we want people to pick a side and and love their team and stick with them yeah, we don't we don't need any any more golf claps. We can, yeah. we can keep that for the courses in Palm Springs. There, try. I want you to love me or hate me. <laughs> I think they were called Johnny Hyde and SPF ninety or something. That was really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny. He, he has that zinc oxide kind of. 
kind of transparent. <laughs> that's, so, that's so good. They're giving me the no trim try chant. While, while your girlfriend? Well, my, no, uh, my, no wife. Yeah, my wife is uh, sitting there like fuming, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty classic. When we played you guys in Huntington, I think this speaks to like the nature of sort of they're just like fun loving that crowd. Mm-hmm. So we, we played you guys like the third round of the Huntington qualifier and they were just like, before we get started, you know, we're joking, Travis. And, and then and then they just ripped it into me and DR the whole match. Which they called DR necklace and it drove him insane because he plays with this like big like dog tag mm-hmm. type thing and it drove him nuts. But I don't know after it's just fun. It's fun to play in a match against you guys because like they bring that whole new element. I, I think they're great. I love it. Trust me. I do, I do. And to answer, I loop back around to the question you're asking about uh, how it was kind of started. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, where I'm, where we're sitting right now, Travis and I, I got a lucky spot actually on the beach where I kind of grew up playing the game. It's an old school beach, uh, family environment, community kind of deal where we got a four man, a two man every year. Uh, all it's it's still old school. They won't change the lines. They won't have the net ticks. It's like a foreign game. Style. Somewhere, you know Sinjin I mean? Smith is so happy. Oh, he would love. Karch and Sinjin <laughs> would love to come down there and rip it up for sure. But uh, so that's where I grew up playing, and all these guys started kind of congregating to this beach. It's a good family environment. Well, you know, it's funny to say family environment when it's Ledge Legion, our crew that everybody knows is the uh, the guys in the shell back for six hours. <laughs> but really good people we all grew up together so they've been a, they've been awesome and supporting they'll support everyone it's like it's not just for me it's like anyone anybody in our community that has something that they're working hard and they're going after a goal everyone will kind of band behind that and they've, they've shown some cool support i really appreciate it i remember ty loomis was uh, particularly displeased with them in the huntington qualifier two years ago oh, and was that that Marcus was your sure. that was your first main draw right yeah that was that was um what was that? That was, uh, I think, 2015 Huntington. Yes. Uh, it was the second tournament of the year because the first was New Orleans mm-hmm. where it monsooned and you guys had to play your your qualifying match the next morning. Oh, it was 2016, by the way. Sorry, I've been thinking along this. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. And then, well, that match was great because what was your expectation going into that? Because, like, you, here you were in your second mm-hmm. qualifier playing Ed and Loomis. Loomis had won one. Yeah. Did you expect to win that match? To be honest, we had played Loomis, and Loomis likes thinking of me as like, oh, the younger brother in Laguna. But that guy didn't fight. I gotta set the. I gotta set it straight right here. Okay, <laughs> not grow up in Laguna. He is not from here. He's from Atlanta. Go home, Ty. Go home. <laughs> Just in case you're listening, when you're listening, okay. But uh, no, we we trained with him. He's actually been really supportive, and that's why I can needle him. I can kind of say that because he's been very helpful to me going going up through the ranks uh, and. We used to train with them, so we knew we could compete. We knew we could play with them, but I think it was kind of that that youthful exuberance of just going and like not sure what we're gonna, not sure what to expect in it, um, and then a little bit of fire from the crowd helping us. And I, to be honest, I don't even remember doing anything that game because Brunson really sh- he shut down the net. He blocked Ratledge like three or four times. Ratledge was fashion balls out of bounds. This year he's had a renaissance year. This last year, obviously, right? <laughs> he did, but it wasn't a great year for Eddie the Eagle that year. Um, and I just remember Eddie on all on hands and knees. And I'm sorry, Ed, I got I got to remember. You just he just stares up the sky with his hands in the air. He's like, "Why me? Play better." <laughs> it's be such honest, an Ed moment. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Eddie, throwing everybody under the bus right now. But uh, no, that was it. Was yeah, obviously cool experience. But I think we were just kind of the young kids. All right, we made it, kind of thing. It wasn't a like we're gonna beat these guys. It was more just go out there, play your best, and see what happens. And one of the reasons that I wanted to bring that up was because I remember as soon as you guys won, Mike turned to you and was just like, we want Casey, right? So it was immediately like you made main draw and you knew you were playing Casey and Jake. You guys had trained against plenty. And Mike was like, we want Casey. And then I remember talking to you a little bit after that and you're like, maybe we put the cart in front of the horse a little bit. Mm -hmm. How has your approach to main draws changed since then, since that first experience now that you're regularly in the main draw? I mean, you've made a semifinal. Yeah. So how has your approach changed? Yeah, well, back in that tournament, I can tell you for sure that we were pressing a little bit. Casey, I'm, I'm good. I'm buds with Casey now, you know, when we train. But back then, when you're coming on, you kind of look at Casey as he's, you know, that was one of the, you know, he was coming off the Olympic run. He's one of the one of the better players on tour. Um, and I had a chip on my shoulder a little bit because whenever we trained with him, it was kind of like, you know, get off me, dirt off the shoulder kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, so we kind of came in with a little bit too much, a little bit too much fire, 
you know, trying to press as we kind of talked about before. And now it's just about knowing that we've, I mean, after now it's been two years where we've gotten the privilege of training with some of the best around and in some cases beating or challenging, you know, sometimes getting our asses kicked. But I think now it's just, you get two years under your belt of playing against the best. You don't think of it as any different than any practice. And sometimes obviously you lose, you, you get crushed, you get come close, you win. But I think we're now in a spot where we feel like we can beat anyone, compete with anyone at any time. And it's, a, it's uh, rewarding. And it's a, it's a com- confidence obviously going into each game. Was there a, a moment or a tournament that they, you had that mindset shift or was it a slow build? I don't. I can't really. I can't yeah. really pinpoint. I think it was probably a slow build. You start getting a little bit of success, but I'd say the Hermosa one this last year was one was like, all right, we can rattle some off. We can start getting some wins. I know some of the best teams weren't there, but uh, it felt good winning multiple matches in a row and not thinking about how are we going to beat this team. How can we find a way? It was more so just play our game and we're we're playing as well as we can. You know, it's all good. We we were rolling. It was, it was fun. You're listening to Sandcast, beach volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living, and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. And then you won Rookie of the Year. So actually, we have two Rookies of the Year on the podcast. Congrats. Hey, hey. <laughs> you guys have that in common. So how Ooh. big How big was getting that reward at the end of the year? Or, or like, did you even think about it at all? Or was it just like a nice bonus to a good season? Nice bonus to a good season, for sure. And you always always want to get praised for your efforts. And, and that was cool. I mean, obviously, I think I was going up against Mike and uh, Riley, who were very good players that year. So I wasn't exactly expecting, oh, yeah, this is mine walking away with it at all. And I feel like in that season, I owe a lot to Mike in terms of I was coming in raw. I was I was unsure of the situation, and he did a, he, he knew what it took a little bit more. And I, I, res, I really appreciate what he did for me in that regard. And you handed off your Rookie of the Year to Eric Zahn. Is, oh, he, is he an okay successor? I mean, is Rookie <laughs> of the Year club okay with a van man? In the bunch? We could spend 30 minutes talking about Zon right now. <laughs> yeah, he listens to the podcast, too, so if you have any shots to take at him, now's <laughs> your time. I think silence is the best. <laughs> I need to get to know Zon a little bit more before I start taking too many shots at him. He wanted me to go to Thailand with him, and I probably have a few stories, but I did. I'll tell you that much. That, that would have been a fun little trip. Did he want to take his van? Huh? Drive, drive his van onto a map. Yeah, you yeah, drive to Thailand. I think it's got those uh, in it. Hovercraft mode. I don't know if y'all are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. No, he's a uh, competitor. I, I, you know, I think he is a polarizing figure, and actually, well, most of it is on the pole of dislike. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think he's a guy that brings his own energy and his fire, and he's in ABP Seattle. He's throwing... You know, whatever, throwing the table over. The Laguna like, ripping the shirt off was my favorite was moment. That That's good. my favorite Zon moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. He wants he one of those, he's one of those freakout guys, like the, the old Nick Lucena throwing coolers on the court and running up in the stands and trying to fight my trainer and all that. <laughs> uh, I think, wait, please you go over that story. story. Yeah, wait, oh, <laughs> no, we can't pause there and just, you can't just leave us hanging with that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Scott. Nick Lucena. Oh no, sorry. Wait, John Hyde and Sean Scott playing against Furby and Nick Lucena. Uh, and my trainer's just, it's, it's my trainer now, but he's obviously John Hyden's trainer. He's running his mouth the whole time, just in Nick's ear the entire time. And after the match, Nick threw the cooler on the court, sprinted up, climbed up the stands, ran up the stairs and was held back by like 20 people while my trainer just stood there and like, my trainer's huge. Like he would, he's a scary dude. 
So Nick was, uh, he was in an interesting zone right there. But that's, that's old Nick Lucena, though. He's a dad now, and he's uh, much more mellow. Well, when you play with Phil, you can be mellow because you're kind of winning every game, and you're kind of yeah, you're good. You, have, you usually have a, a five point cushion at all times. I feel like Nick doesn't get nearly enough credit though. Like, yes, he's playing with Phil, but this dude has to side out every single ball, and obviously he gets a lot of help, you know, behind Phil's block. But Nick's ridiculous. Like, I look at some of the comments on stories, you know, that we'll write, and it'll be like, oh, well, you know, Nick's just riding Phil's coattails, but. Like this, it's not true. Like Nick is so good. Agreed. Well, you can also just keep it in play, and then and then you have Phil blocking. But maybe I mean, on the AVP, but FIVB, like no, the level totally. of play internationally totally. is ridiculous now. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, he's proven himself over the years. As he's 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 so fast too. So it's like you put the quickest guy back there with some of the best touch behind the biggest block. And it's like, it's, it's a joke trying to get the ball down behind those two. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to not have played him yet. Chase, you played him a few times. I remember what, you played him in New York your first year. I played him once in competition in New York, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you got to train against him a few we, times as yeah, well, right? I a few times with him, absolutely. Uh, no, stud, 100%. I mean, some all those guys, all those defenders, I find, try to find a little piece of something that, to put in my game, obviously have a uniqueness in my game, but all of these guys have something to learn from when I'm trying to trying to pick up things. And what what from Nick, for example, do you look for that you want to try to emulate a little bit? I would say with Nick would be just abs- just fantastic ball control to a spot on serve receive. Um, I mean, he doesn't need to, but Phil, in terms of being able to be a go on too, because Phil's so dang athletic and just, just large. And he charge, sets sauce from anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd say off the platform, just that same height, traje- same trajectory pass that's hittable ball for Phil that gets that blocker a little bit off balance and then allows for Nick to kind of have a little bit more wiggle room. You know, that don't, doesn't have a huge blocker. You're standing right in front of him and just funneling. Um, and then also his wrist, got a great wrist, and he, does, he proves that you don't have to have a full reach on your high line. He does a really good job of lifting with his legs through the ball and finishing high up through it, kind of with that rubber band motion through it. And so, yeah, little guy that can do it. Yeah, cool and that's see. what you mentioned earlier, that you wanted to keep your kind of contact point high yeah, with exactly. the ball. Exactly. And now is, there, is there a, one player that you, you'd say your game's kind of uh, similar to, Chase? Uh, I think that would be something for you guys to say. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I would say I always – like training against Crab, I think he's got more offensive, more dynamic offense from playing outside hitter for all those years. I was just a little libero back there, just scrap, yeah. picking up the seconds. But uh, I love playing against Tay, and we have some fun trainings. Obviously, he's had more success, and that's what I'm working for. But uh, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think the most obvious comparison is Taylor because y'all are what about the same height. Ish. Is Taylor maybe a smidge taller? He's maybe a half inch taller. But yeah, I mean, just in terms of your defensive styles are so similar in that, like, you're like volume defenders in that you dig so many balls. Where like a defender like Casey doesn't dig as many balls as you guys would, but he probably transitions at a higher rate because yeah. he's you know he's got what five six inches on you guys. And so. I think his arms are what is he always talks about six eleven wingspan. Yeah, so. he loves the wingspan. Yeah, at that. least. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that the most obvious comparison is probably you and Taylor, just because you're both similar. You both swing really well, um, and you both hide your shots pretty darn well too. I appreciate that compliment. That's a compliment to me if you're listening, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we have so Nick is getting a little bit older. Hayden, well, I don't know. Hayden is getting younger, probably. Yeah. Uh, Billy <laughs> Allen is getting a little bit older. John Mayer is getting a little bit older. So we have. There's going to be a. I think a pretty big gap after Tokyo. Yeah. Do you see yourself as filling in? Is that something that yeah. you're looking to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, and I was kind of writing down what, you know, goals and for this year and for the future. And I was thinking about, obviously there, we got some, we got some blockers that might turn into defenders. We got some indoor players that might turn into beach players. There's all things that can switch around. And we also have, guys that can just improve and put themselves in this class but in terms of defenders under 30 I was looking at and I would say there were 
four of us. And I, I don't put myself at the top of that list by any means, but I feel like I'm in a spot where I look at it and go, you know what? I can make a run at this and it's realistic and I just got to nose to the grindstone, do the right things, be smart, take care of the body, be healthy and not, you know, just just do my part. Do whatever I can and I would say those four would be Taylor Crabb, Miles Evans, Eric Zahn, and I. And I, I, Miles has shown some success in the FIVB. Taylor obviously is the golden child of the United States of America. And Eric Zahn is just the man in the van. The golden child ask, and the man in the van. If you want to add something in there, if you want to tell me I'm a flat out idiot, feel free. No. Whatever, but. I, I like that. But the thing I will say is it's funny because when I look at the beginning of the last Olympic quad, I had just come out to the beach kind of where you were sitting now or, or a year or two ago. And by the end of the quad, I was, which I wasn't even considering trying to go for the Olympics. Obviously I got picked up by a top guy and that all helped, but I was sitting at the beginning of the last quad without even considering the Olympics. And all of a sudden I was basically, I mean, technically I qualified for the Olympics by the end of it. So a lot can change in, in four years. Absolutely. So, I love that looking super deep into those kind of eight years and the next quad after this one, but but there's a lot to be done and, and a lot uh, a lot left to, to be said in this yeah. in this quad right now. And you never know what happen what can happen. You get you're starting your FIVB points right now. When I started mine, Hayden and I ended up top ten in the world by the end of the year. And and the beginning of that year, I had only had one finish under my belt. So it can happen quick. It just takes that one. That one click where you where you you find your game, you win a few tournaments, and now your points jump up. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I'm fully aware that anything can change at any moment. Yeah, you're correct on that. So you're looking never at old guys. What was that try? That so you never know with these old guys. Yeah, they could be playing. Johnny Hyde's be playing until he's 62. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't might want to block for you in 2028. <laughs> Maybe like prosthetics. Knee prosthetic. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna go over to Germany and get some some <laughs> a procedure done. I mean, maybe we we give him a hard time about the SPF ninety, but I think he's onto yeah, something. Exactly, there's something in there seeping <laughs> into his bloodstream that's helping him out. So you mentioned that Norsecas are kind of the first step for you. What is? Have you kind of established what? Maybe a ceiling for this year would be what, like the top of the top? Because maybe, like, I don't know if you the world championships in Hamburg might be a little bit high shooting for this year. Have you set sort of a reach goal? You know what? I, I haven't set a reach goal in that department. It's more so individual goals. And I think I'll kind of get to that step here soon of thinking, you know, what I want to get to, but I, in general, it just, it's, it's accruing FIVB points and find, trying to play as many as possible, as many Norsecas as possible. And, just working on my game. That's all I can do really right now. I don't think there's anything that's really in my control necessarily with that, so I don't want to get too consumed by that. If you uh, now, I know that the uh, the choice between a doable FIVB and an AVP is always a difficult one. Have you thought about that? Like, are there any clashes on your schedule if you've looked at it yet? No, I haven't looked that far ahead because I feel like I need to be in the top. What uh, you know, six internationally for points to be even thinking about going to some of those tournaments but i haven't even looked at no i haven't looked at the fivb one stars or two stars during season to see if there's any conflicts but i don't think during season i'd be I, i'm probably for this year at least i'd still be going with the avp until i've got enough points where you know, and it's like a slow and some capital yes and some capital <laughs> to fund the yeah, trips yeah, yeah, too yeah. real estate put on the shiny shoes and you're uh, yeah if you want to visit my website <laughs> we can give you a plug no no plug no plug. well actually i'm so i'm always so curious about what beach volleyball players do to fund their dream of playing beach volleyball and so you're (laughs) so you are in real estate and how how is that going well i sold my grandma's property on both ends so i'm feeling pretty (laughs) (laughs) so uh no great no that in all honesty i'm joke jokes aside uh i got some good experience out of that learned how to you know learned all the paperwork and all the the ins and outs and i've got a good mentor kelly brennan who's been helping me out with that um uh, to be honest, it's not a priority, I'm, but I'm learning on the side, and it's a cool thing. You know, you grow your network, you meet 
meet new people and people trust you, people like you, and that's that's fifty percent of it. And it's you know as long as you know what you're doing and you do a good job and you're serviceable and you're upright, an upright, outstanding human being, which not all real estate agents are, truthfully, uh, then you're. Did you tell them that in the job interview? This is not my priority. But listen, my grandma's house is on sale. <laughs> they're, they're pretty much aware. If they weren't aware of it at the start, they're aware of it now. Did your grandma want a, a finder's fee? A finder's fee? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, I took I took a hit on it. I took a hit on it, to be honest, because a family deal and not trying to steal from grandma. <laughs> yeah. She's got she's to gotta live it up in that retirement. <laughs> no, she got a new place. Oh, she's she's an able, able-bodied able 80-year-old, that's for sure. There you go. Anywho. Moving on from grandma. <laughs> she should make some good cookies for Christmas. What? <laughs> One thing that I'm really curious about, this goes for both you guys, is the the new tour in town, alleged new tour in oh town. We're, we're waiting to see more details. Um, but yeah, Carrie Walsh dropped the news that there's going to be a some kind of Carrie Walsh tour. What did is you that, guys think? Is that the official name of it? We have no idea. Uh, I, the I, I can't. I can't think that that would, that would be the name they would settle on. But I mean, if they want to use her likeness, that it's probably route number one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about having another tour in town? We just saw the NVL kind of disappear. We've seen the Corona tour disappear. We've seen the Cuervo tour disappear. Now we have another kind of upstart. What were your thoughts on it? I think it's. So you mind if I go first, Troy? There you go. I think it's a little divisive to our sport right now. ABP is doing a good job. We got the deal with Amazon where they're growing their brand each each year, adding a tournament, adding you know the fan, more fans are coming. Um, I think they're doing a great job of it. So if we get something that um, for sponsorships or for audiences that's kind of pulling from the ABP, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing for the players. Um, so we're having two separate groups. Obviously, competition can be good. But I think in this regard, um, especially having it happen this close to season, whether or not Gary means to do this, you know, whatever we can, we can think, we can analyze it. But, um, it's not a good spot for the AP to be in when they're trying to build sponsorships and build, you know, trust from their stops that hey, you know, we're going to have all of our players here. There's not going to be a, you know split into two groups. Um, and I think what was what happened with the NBL, I think we can kind of squash any ideas of what. They're growing in all their, you know, the smoke and mirrors kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the big issue with uh, with bringing in another tour is that you confuse sponsors and they're like, okay, I'm going to sink a bunch of money into this sport, but where do I put it? And when you have Harry coming out with this other tour saying, hey, I'm going to have the best tour with the best players, then all the AVP sponsors are like, oh, well, are we putting our money in the right spot? So then they end up pulling out is what they do, and that's less funding coming into our sport. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. Kerry hasn't really come out and said what exactly this tour is, so it's kind of a phantom tour as of right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, competition's great. Kerry's still one of the faces of our sport. Uh, parent, I I want to say I heard rumors about ESPN, which is obviously a goal of ours. Uh, everyone wants to be on ESPN, but... Uh, I, it's just hard for me to, I just hate how divided our sport is. Everyone at the top of our sport is kind of trying to get their own piece of the pie when we kind of, I feel like we're in a place where we need to start from the bottom. We need to build a good foundation. Everyone has to sacrifice a little bit in the beginning to build a good product, uh, which is kind of our sport coming together as one rather than tons of different little tours trying to get their own and, sponsors and the whole business side of thing is just not not going to follow suit yeah casey jennings said that they're they're gonna let like all the details out in january so it'll be interesting i don't know it's just it's funny yeah, to, i think like, we, just, we gotta wait we gotta wait and see it's funny just to see like everyone says the same thing right so like Albie's hashtag for the NVL was grow the game, right? And then in every right. interview at every AVP tournament, you see like everyone will put like hashtag grow the game and then Kerry was saying grow the game. So everyone wants to do the same thing. Right. I want to think that everyone sort of has the same goal, but there's just everyone has a different path to get there. If we could all just kind of get on one path and move yeah, forward, exactly. I feel like it's probably the easiest way, but people don't play nice <laughs> with each other anymore, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Well, and it's hard to say that that I'm not going to be happy about someone like Kerry Walsh and then 
you know, Leonard, who's Leonard Amato, who's obviously uh, done some big things in our sport. I'm, I'm happy about them being so passionate about it and trying to create something big and great. But it's hard for me to believe that anyone's going to be successful if they're not working together in some way, shape, or form, which I know is really hard to do because AVP's got to kind of be defensive on their end, or, or they have been kind of defensive in terms of not letting other tours, uh, you know, take take over as the the main tour and and they had to sign all that make all the athletes sign exclusivity contracts that weren't very great for the players or pretty much for anyone but avp kind of felt like they needed that or else it wouldn't be worth their time to to run the tour so i don't know we'll see we're just hoping and praying that uh that things can come together and our sport can kind of start moving towards its potential in terms of the business side of things yeah, I mean it'll it'll be interesting. What I'm when I originally saw it, and Chase, you alluded to, it, was that competition <clears throat> can be good. I mean, we saw it a little bit last year, and I don't know if Donald had planned to unroll the Gold Series last year or not. But like you know, we had the NVL and the World Series and all this stuff, and Kerry joining the NVL, and and it sort of the timing of it of unveiling the Gold Series, which ended up being awesome, <clears throat> was I don't know. It looked like that. It was like a little prod from competition. And maybe that the same thing will happen again this year. That like like you said, try the AVP has to be defensive of its tour, which means that maybe it'll have to step up its game, and maybe they'll try to find more sponsors and promoters and make their events bigger to sort of not let this other tour become big. So who knows? Who knows? Hope for the best. And what I can what I can say is that um, I'm a part of the the AVP players so whatever is it, the association. I don't even know what it's like called. A players the committee. committee. The players committee. Yeah. <laughs> Had my first meeting. Sorry, guys. Uh, but what I'll tell you is, yeah, that that is in terms of the comp. There are some cool. I cannot tell you exactly what they are, but there are some cool ideas the AVP has um, for this year, even <clears throat> for some additions and some cool new groundbreaking things that uh, will be unveiled soon. Um, it's pending, so we can't just go out there and say it, and rumors get spread, and then it blows up. You definitely can't tell a journalist, um, right? Can't tell you. I know it's going straight on. It's going straight on three different social media accounts. Yeah. No, you can tell know. me, Chase. Okay, try. We'll have a secret conversation later. Okay, but we'll do a separate uh, so talk. We're, we're excited about that, and what I will say is that I, in in that meeting, I also uh, saw the AVP's the the plan for a groundswell in terms of starting from the youth. And working the way up and having some more ADP next tournaments with some more money involved in them and it looks good and it's a it's a good start it's a good foundation and everyone in the room was very happy with it um even the big names and i can tell you that um uh as of now as of this moment that everyone's on board with the ADP and there's no there's no title swell like there was last year in terms of uh people possibly switching over yeah, how um, how did you end up on the players' committee? Was it like a vote? Did you sign up? You like, hear this? Is, to, like this the PTA? Is great. This is great. No, so I got a, I got an email. I received an email at four fifteen Pacific time uh, that said, "Why well, I received when I, when I looked at no, sorry, sorry, sorry. PM. I look at the email. I look at the email, see what it says, and it says it, it had been sent at twelve thirty, and it said, "Please tell us. Please send us an email if you do not want to be a part of the players' committee by four o'clock." Like, wait, what? What? <laughs> it was four fifteen, so I'm 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 privileged to be a part of it, but I wasn't necessarily maybe given enough time. To, I'm joking, but I I enjoy being a part of it. But I'm laughing about that. I was like, wait, and then it was like, you've been voted by your peers. I didn't vote. Am I not part of my peers? Like I wasn't even involved in the process. Anyways, but uh, that's laughable. But I do I do enjoy being a part of it. Who else is on the committee, or is this uh, uh, classified is, information? I think I can. I think April posted a selfie about <laughs> yeah. it, so I think it's all right. Ryan Doherty, April Ross, Phil Dahlhauser, uh, Stafford Slick, Kelly Reeves, um, and a couple others. Lane Carrico, uh, and I think two more. That Seems like a good mix: on. old, young, and yeah. and just kind of veteran coming up. So I, I don't know. It seems. What What do you guys do in these meetings? Uh, there's Panera there. The yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. Good. Yeah, had a good sandwich. Uh, no, it's it's just talking about the this year and the future for at least for this, uh, um, you know, up until 2020. What I was really exciting about hearing was the more details about the Amazon Prime deal, which I think is huge. For yeah, sport. that's awesome. That's huge. And they're talking about the possibility of multiple courts. They're not sure how many they're going to be able to get at this moment, 
but it's going to be really good for the players, for the fans, interactive. Where there's going to, it's going to be going. The the page is going to be going from 8 a.m. until you know until the end of the tournament that day for like three days straight. So that'll be really cool. There's going to be interviews in between. Um, maybe we'll get a uh, maybe we'll get you involved in that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But, maybe uh, I have my uh, my work cut out for me if I'm on that. Yeah, live. try. You're going to be tired. <laughs> you be tired if you're off the court. You're going to be more tired if you're off the court than on. Hopefully we get young. Oh, I was. Trust me, this <laughs> past year, I was I was crushed. <laughs> how are you, how are you doing, by the way, Try. I know you've been answering this question. I don't know why. I'm. You probably answer this every single podcast, but uh, are you um, feeling well? I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm great. just waiting for these stupid uh, blood tests to come back. Uh, I actually did one yesterday, so we're waiting on a, a blood test to come back and just uh, hoping that the muscle enzyme levels are back to normal and then once that happens uh the doc's gonna give me the the go-ahead so but right now i'm uh even if even if i get cleared right now i'm still on these steroids um just uh standard steroids and it takes a while to get off of them so when he the when i get back to normal he's gonna it's gonna take probably four weeks or so to get me off the steroids and then start training or since i'm since I'm starting from square one, I'm down about 30 pounds of muscle. Uh, it's going to take me a little while to get back. So I'm looking at uh, earliest kind of the second half of the season, if possible. We'll heal up quick, but yeah, man, enjoying enjoying the off time though. I've, it's weird to to not be an athlete, uh, but it's 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 a cool thing. It's a real thing. Apparently, I'm going to have to do it at some point in my life. Uh, so why not sample it now? Okay. Well, we plan on retiring on all of our podcast money, so you're heading in the right direction. Just a few more. Exactly. <laughs> we'll have our private jet, the Sandcasts private jet. Yeah, that's how we're going to start getting to tournaments. And so, you know, like Zahn has his van that he stays in, which is awesome, but we'll have our own private jet, maybe a chopper. That's the idea. And we're, we're taking uh, donations, everybody uh, out there, if you're listening. Uh, you know, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> we're not too proud. Private jet. <laughs> Jet donations. <laughs> we got to start a GoFundMe for that. Oh, I like it. You're listening to Sandcast, a beach volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living, and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. Uh, we're going to get into some fan questions here. So this is always our, our last segment. Chase, they were nice to you. Uh, normally, they're, they're pretty brutal. Gina, they were so mean to Gina Urengo. How so? Um, just picking on her. Um, just asking like the most brutal questions. We, yeah. And normally, yeah, they're just kind of mean. But uh, yeah, they were nice to you. And, and we have our most important fan questions uh, from Hustle Slowly. Uh, thank you for this. Do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. It's the right answer. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie. I would say Elf's up there. Elf's pretty damn good. Uh, but the one that I've seen and everybody has seen it because it's on freaking TNT and TBS for 24 hours every single Christmas is The Christmas Story. Yep. You'll shoot right. your eye out. So that one's probably a classic that I'll see pretty much every year because it's always on and it's it's a good one. So I like that one. Try it. What's, yes. your, what's your number one? Man, <clears throat> Christmas. I'm not. I'm not a huge movie guy, but shoot, man. I I almost don't want to say it, but it's got to be Elf, dude. That movie's just so good. I don't know why everyone always like precedes Elf with I don't want to say it. Why? That, well, that's a phenomenal it's, movie. It's, it's you want to have <laughs> man in tights? <laughs> it's Will Ferrell. Like it's know, so good. <laughs> it, we're we're just trying to go against the grain, but we can't. You just got to admit it. It's just that good. I think mine is uh, Christmas Vacation. That was always my family's tradition for – we watched it on Christmas Eve every year for like 10 straight years. 
So I can just walk through. I can quote that entire movie with my brothers. Like we'll just have like a group text where it's just like just ten minutes of Christmas vacation. Quotes. I like the scene where Chevy Chase is uh, looking out the window and at the pool, and the guy's walking <laughs> up in the bathing suit. You know, Milik Kaliki Laka. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, a little Hawaiian Christmas there, huh? Yeah, buddy. I haven't seen that movie actually. Oh, we're gonna have to uh, after whenever you get back from your permanent vacations in, in Hawaii and Palm Springs and wherever you're headed next, we'll have to watch that after a podcast. Tahoe tomorrow. Um, so let's see. We have a couple from JB Southpaw who says, nearly tripling your winnings from 16 to 17, do you consider 17 a success? Yeah, I'd consider 17 a success, definitely. Moving in the right direction. If I was you know, going backwards and I was in the qualifier for part of it, then I would view it differently. But I moving up, we're making the right steps. Obviously not gonna come out and uh, knock Phil out with a right hand punch in your second year on tour necessarily. But uh, it's moving in the right direction. Ricardo begs to differ. Rick, As Ricardo's an A V P rookie. Be, yeah, he's a rookie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chase, were you uh, were you in every main draw this year? No quality? A little louder try. Sorry about that. Were you in Every single main draw, there was no qualifiers for you this year. Um, trying to remember because I was with I was with Mike for the first four. He was in the you were in the Huntington qualifier, yes. Because he he uh, aced me and Dr off the court in the third round. Uh-huh. Uh, you're in Seattle, Huntington and Seattle, and then after that we, we were beat, all in uh, because we got lu- we I mean not lucky but lucky with uh, the <laughs> San Fran was the was the first one New York we were in the qualifier yeah for the first start of it we were in the qualifier and having to battle through there just kind of right on the outside one and two in the quali and uh, I believe come San Francisco when a few teams were gone Avery and I played together uh, and we were the sixth seed and then by us getting fifth it kind of solidified our points and held us in there so yeah we actually did have to battle through it feels like a long time ago it's weird but uh, yeah it was we had to work is there a difference in, a, in approach to a tournament when you have to go through a qualifier and when you don't, just in terms of mindset? Obviously, you have like an extra day and your legs aren't going to be toast for main draw. I kind of liked it. Everyone was talking about, oh, I'm so glad to be out of the qualifier, this and that, but I'd gotten used to it. It was kind of fun. Like that, there's, there's nothing like that feeling, like that, you know, every game that you step on the court, but that single elimination feeling. Like you've flown across the country. There, uh, you could be just turning around and you know going back on the on on the on the first plane plane ride home. Uh, so that was that's something I still miss. I like that. I like that feeling. I like that pre- you know that pressure. Yeah, I feel like that's just like your basic flight or fright response. Like some people just hate that feeling, and yeah. you can kind of see it. Like they're in knots on the court, and other people's just like they relish it. Yeah, and you can so that kind of jacked you up then. Yeah, got, got yeah, I had <clears throat> positive energy from that for sure. Most memorable match of 2017. Most memorable match. Well, I mean, making your first semifinal for me, that was very cool. But we got our bell rung, so it wasn't exactly memorable. I would say any of the games on that last day in Hermosa, it felt like we were playing against some teams that were, you know, our equal or a little, you know, right around there that we were having some really good battles with and some fun, that, that whole environment on that Saturday where we, I think we won, I don't know if it was four or five in a row, any of those matches, that day just feels like kind of one giant match a little bit because it was like we were kind of off or running right back on the court. You guys play. played a ton. How many matches did you play on that what, Friday or, or Saturday? Friday, you guys had a two, ton. We, we lost our first to Topple and Baumgren, and that's how we finished on Saturday. I think Saturday was our fourth match, so we ended up playing Baumgren and Topple to get in. That's a lot of ball. Yeah. Four matches. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing, as I say, it felt like kind of a blur. Everything was one game. It was, it was, it was a blast. That was my most memorable, i say. And in that semifinal, obviously we, we can take away a lot more from a loss than a win. What did you learn just from the experience? I mean, that's a whole new stage. I feel like the difference between a semifinal and a quarterfinal is almost the difference between like a qualifier and a main draw. Just, I mean, obviously I've never been there, but that's a huge leap. I, this, and not trying to sound cocky in this situation, but I felt very comfortable. I did, you know, I, in this situation, you're playing again, we're playing this giving crowd. Realistically, the pressure is all on them in that game. I wasn't thinking about it like that, but I was just coming in free and playing my game and just whatever happens. It's like kind of like that, what I told you in that, you know, the first qualifier we had in in Huntington and just kind of playing 
free, easy playing your game, and that's the way to play without expectations. And I'm trying to have that be my game at all times, where you just go in and you're just playing from your center, not to sound like a yogi, but not getting out there, not worrying about what the other team's doing, not worrying about who you're playing, just focusing on everything that you can control, which is only that touch in front of you. Try. what was your first semi like? Was it... Did you have a similar feeling of just you're pretty comfortable being there? I mean, obviously you had played indoor at a pretty high level. So was it – were you just comfortable on it or was there a little bit of added pressure there? Uh, what was my first semifinal? Um, I'm trying to think of it. Milwaukee? Mm, no, because I've made the finals the year before that. Uh, maybe Huntington? Huntington Beach? Actually, damn, I don't even know. <laughs> Let me see if uh, I can hop on the BVB real uh, quick. God, the internet's beautiful. It might have been uh, maybe Cincinnati. Might have been Cincinnati, 2013 or 14. Anyway, um, no, I was pretty confident. I I had that confidence definitely that transferred over from the indoor side of things for me, um, where you kind of have to carry a team on your back when you're playing overseas as the foreigner. Um, and then I kind of had a chip on my shoulder coming out on the beach because I always thought I was a better beach player. And I don't know, us Hawaiians, we have a weird swag about us where we're kind of defensive about beach volleyball since we, we all grew up playing it against each other in, uh, in a really competitive environment. So I kind of wanted, wanted to prove myself. And uh, I, felt, I felt like I belonged on the court, um, especially in the semifinals uh, against whoever I was playing. Um, the only guys that were, were, uh, who I hadn't really, uh, been able to touch yet was like the Jake Gibb and, and Phil Dahlhauser and, uh, maybe Nick here and there. But other than that, I felt pretty comfortable. So your first, I, I brought it up on BVB. Your first semi was in Cincy of 2013 and you actually, you took Phil and Rosie to three. Oh, that's right. And yeah. then, that, and that then was, your, uh, uh, your semi was against Jake and Casey. Right, so I played both of those guys. Um, I remember uh, first play of the match, um, Hayden gave me a little advice. He's like, all right, I think it was my first time playing Phil, actually, in a, in a match. And he's like, all right, this first uh, swing, I don't care what you do, just swing straight for his face. I was like, really? Like, you don't care if I get blocked? All right, perfect. And I just crushed it off his face, and it felt so good. I've heard the same advice from Rosie, actually. He told me if you ever play Phil, he hates yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. You have, to, you have to get him to bring his hands in first, and then we start opening up angles for ourselves. But if you, if you get him playing at a – if you start running away from him and his, you know, hitting between him, then he can take up so many angles and court outside of that. So you got to get him to bring his hands in a little, and then, and then, we're, then we're playing at that point. And then last question here for you, Chase, and then we'll, we'll let you go enjoy this ridiculously beautiful day at this ridiculously beautiful spot. We've talked a lot about <clears throat> your international goals, um, but domestically, what do you want to accomplish on the AVP this year? Uh, first final, especially. First final? You know, obviously when you get in there and just win the damn thing, but getting in the first final, I think that's a good goal. Um, hopefully multiple. Multiple finals. All right. Uh, before, and before we go, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? And anyone looking for real estate, where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, real estate. Uh, yeah, you, some can money. My, you can see my face on some uh, on some bus stops. Uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, like spinning a volleyball on your finger. Just <laughs> with like kind of like that sparkle on one of your on one of your molars on the side, big smile. Anyways, yeah, no, uh, you. I work for Remax Evolution, but whenever you want to yeah, find that office, Laguna Beach, uh, Plenary Street. Uh, no, for Instagram, Chase underscore Frisch. Uh, you know, I'd love some followers. I'm really struggling here. I'm way behind the McKibbins, and I got to catch up. Everyone's behind the McKibbins. They're unbelievable with their social They're media stuff. They're doing a great job. And I made, I made, They're both uh, business funny, majors. Go on. Sorry, Trey. I was just saying they're both business majors, so they're they're taking a whole new different approach than all of us other athlete-minded people. And it's and they're killing it. They're doing a great job. Uh, so I think Chase underscore Frisch. Do not follow me on Snapchat. You don't do not want to be there. And uh, is there other social? I don't even do Twitter. I don't do any of that other stuff. So uh, then we got the uh, the Ledge Legion, right? 
they got their own Instagram oh, yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ledge Legion. Just look that up. Uh, that's our fan page. Um, whatever. <laughs> nice to talk to you. This has been fun. Um, is, there, is there anything else you want to add? Anything that we didn't ask you that uh, you wish we would have? I got nothing. I just wish the best for the sport, for the ADP, and let's have some fun in 2018, baby. Let's have some fun. And uh, Chase, try. Have a Merry Christmas. Have some fun. Try. Hopefully we'll see each other soon. It's been too long. All right. I'm, I'm going back out to the pool to listen to the Coyotes out here in Palm Springs. I'll see we're you all, guys. We're all having rough days out here yeah, in Cal- a, ca- a truly California Christmas. Brutal holiday season. <laughs> all right, fellas. We'll catch you guys next week on Sandcast. Peace. Peace.